Welcome to the like, Destiny Podcast. I'm Camille. <laughs> it's really nice to be talking to y'all just because I feel like I know you all so well. You've probably heard so many of this, this story I'm about to talk to you about. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but it's not a creative teaching like I usually do, so I always use notes because I'm more of a writer than a speaker. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just wanted to talk to y'all about kind of my story what I've gone through and what I've learned from what I've gone through and what I've learned about God. Um, just kind of, yeah, just a sum of all that. But just with my life, what I've learned to do is just live as his, his child, his daughter, and how I've found freedom in living with him like that, but also how I've found more of him, more of his heart and more of the intimacy living as his daughter, as his child, and just being childlike. Um, I came to know Jesus when I was about five years old. And, um, like, I had a mom, a dad, and a brother, and we all went to church together um, on Sundays. And my dad actually worked for the church. Um, He was a deacon in this church. Um, But on Sundays was really the only time our family really got along. Like, he was very, very abusive. Um, When we'd go home, he would beat my mom. He would, um, he would beat us. Um, not as nearly as bad as he did my mom. Um, and he was just very manipulative and had a very split personality. So it was like, he was, uh, could be hot one minute and cold the next. So like it was when he was in a good mood, you kind of tiptoed on eggshells, not to do anything to set him off to be angry. Um, and then when it got to, I don't know, I think I was like in how old was I? Around nine. Um, my parents finally got a divorce because of it. And um, everything just started kind of falling apart. And before that, I genuinely, I loved Jesus with all of my heart. I had given Jesus my heart. And I even had a picture of him in my room that I just would like kiss every night. I would pray to him. I would talk to him just in my own time in my room. Um, but then when my parents got a divorce, things just got really strange because, like, you know, growing up in the church until I was nine, you were told, like, what was sin and what was good, or what was good and what was bad. And, you know, you have all those sins of, like, divorce is bad, um, homosexuals are bad, and, like, these big, big things that as a child you're like, oh, those are huge things, that those kind of those lies that you're growing up to believe. And so then in one year, my parents went from being together to being divorced. And then my, my mom became a lesbian. And so to me, I was like, so all this stuff that my family was kind of built on, like what's going on in my family? And we stopped going to church. Um, and I started just believing like churches for hypocrites and liars and people who like cover stuff up. Um, and as I grew in that belief of the church being hypocritical, um, I had this lie that was just growing inside of me, and I just began to ignore Jesus, so Jesus that I used to talk to every day and pray to, I just began to question um, if he heard me almost, um, because of everything I was going through, and they would put us, we were going to doctors as well, and getting put on all this medication, like for depression and ADD and stuff like that. So the medications were, they would always switch us every six months to another medication. Um, so that was also playing with my head, making me have emotional roller coasters. Um, 
But even in all that, like as I turn on, not, I didn't turn my back on God, but I just, so much other stuff took my focus. And that I just didn't really have time to think about him. And I had that belief in me that church is for hypocrites. Like, I don't want to be church. Um, but God was just always there. And even in that season, I just began to grow more and more embracing, like, the spirit of the world. So I just started um, looking for my identity and false things. Um, like, I got depressed, and I became, like, an outcast in school. So I just kind of began to embrace that identity of, like, I don't fit in, but that's okay. I'm not going to. Um, and just trying to find out who I was in the midst of all this. And then going, getting into high school. And, um, and yeah, I really wanted to be known uh, by someone because I felt like my parents were almost too busy. My mom was always working, um, trying to, um, like, just... So that way we would have enough because we were going through a major court case with my father because of his abuse. Uh, we were being, like, taken away from him where we weren't allowed to see him anymore. Um, so going through this court case, like, it actually caused my, uh, caused, cost my mom a lot of money. So she worked, like, overtime. So we didn't get to see her that much um, just growing up. And um, I was raised by my mom's partner, um, which I call her Christina. But when I, I also call her mom as well because she is a mom to me um and so yeah I just I really want to be known someone and I want to grow up I was tired of being this child um and because my father had been taken from me and my father always called me his little girl and so I just began to hate him because I was like I had no choice um with him kind of being taken away from me even though he was abusive he was still my father I still loved him very much and so everything the world told me I should be as a woman and the way I should live in order to have fun, you know, like you see on the media and you see in movies, I began to say, that's what I want to be. And I even changed my name. I was like, I don't want to be, my first name is Sarah. And I was like, I don't want to be Sarah anymore. I'm going to go by uh, Camille. And people called me Cammy. And I just kind of completely changed who I was. I was like, because I didn't really know who I was. Um. And looking back on those years, I just see myself wrapping up in the spirit of, like, the spirit of the world. Like, it was a comfort blanket almost. Um, a blanket of promises. It promises comfort and security, but it only brings, like, lies and pain. And it keeps us from seeing and hearing the truth. Um, it also hindered my view of God a lot and who I was. Um, but even in that, like, God never leaves us. And... He, sees, he saw me and he loved me, like, even in that state because he saw, he sees me with the, eye of, with the eyes of the Father because he is my Father, like, even more than my dad was. He was my Father. Um, and the funny thing is, is back then I didn't even know God as a Father. I knew Jesus. Like, I didn't know Holy Spirit and I didn't know God the Father. I just knew Jesus. Um, and he, when he, I just know back then when he looked at me, he saw my identity of who I was even when I couldn't see it. Um, and that's how he sees all of us, like who we are on the inside, who we're really created to be, his little girl or his little boy. Um, so I have like three stories from this season. Now this is the season like, you know, had this wall up to God. Um, and so one night I was out with my friends. I was 16. And to get into the clubs downtown, you had to be 21. And so we decided to go downtown at 1 a.m. and dance outside the clubs because you can still hear the music. And just be really stupid. 
um, three 16-year-old girls. And so we, we go down there, and um, me and my best friend end up walking over in front of the club and just being stupid, dancing on the streets, like just having fun with all the people walking around. And I don't know, I don't know where we were going, but we were just walking around. And all of a sudden, this guy appears out of the alley, like um, between two buildings. It was a really dark alley, and you can see he had this yellow post thing. Do you all know what a surveyor is that, like, surveys lands? Um, uh, do you know what that is? Okay. And um, so he was doing that, and this was about 2 a.m. now. And at this time, I didn't realize, what is this person doing at 2 a.m. doing this job? Because he even had the vest and the, and the little device. And he was like, girls... And we looked at him, and he was like, you need, to, you need to go home because those three guys over there are following you. And he pointed out these guys that were, like, two blocks behind us. But you could tell, like, they were watching us and following us. And, um, and it kind of put fear in us of, like, oh, yeah, we need to get out of here. And, um, and we left. I didn't realize till I, till I gave my life to God after this that... You know, that was an angel. Like, that guy wasn't working there. That guy just, you know, just to come out of the alley where he couldn't even see the, the view of us and just be like, these guys are following you. You need to go home. Um, another story from this season is my I have a little brother because um, both of my moms, they went to a sperm bank and had a little boy when I was 14. And so he, my little brother, was very, very, like, I kind of, like, took on the responsibility of not raising him, but he felt, like, more of, like, a son to me than a brother. And one day I was looking after him, and he was, like, two years old. And I had a two-door car. And um, so his car seat was in the back. So I would had to open my driver's side, put him in the car seat, and then, um, and then flip my seat up and get in the car. So... Um, there's sometimes in America, well, I don't know if it happens here too, but um, sometimes guys can get into your car, the passenger door, and pull a gun on you and be like, you know, drive here to take your car or whatever. And um, I don't know if that's what was going to happen, but I, I put Luke in, Luke is my little brother, put him in the car seat. I get, I put the seat up, get in the front, the driver's seat. I close the door, and then I hear something at my passenger seat, and it was somebody trying to get into my car. But my, the day before, my actual unlock button had broken on my key ring. And if that hadn't have broken, that car door would have been open because I would have pressed the button and they would both open. But because it broke, I had to manually open it so the guy couldn't get in. And he started to walk around, and I was able to shut the door and lock it. And I remember my little brother saying, Sissy, what was that noise? And I was like, I don't know, hold on. <laughs> like, just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and then we ended up, like, being able to call the police because then he, like, once he realized, like, he couldn't get in my door, he, he left. But, um, yeah, so that was just another story where, like, looking back, I was like, you know, God is still with me. Like, even in that, like, that was God's protection, like, the key breaking. When, it, when at the moment it broke, I was like, are you serious? I'm going to have to pay $100 now for this to fix this. But it was a blessing, definitely. Um um, so then there was another night that um, was really significant in my life where I was going through like a really intense um, breakup and I decided to drink a whole bottle of rum. And so 
after drinking that whole bottle, I had some friends come over. Uh, well, I was at my best friend's house, but her ex-boyfriend comes over and brings some weed. So we all smoked the weed, and it was laced with some drugs. So I just started, like, hallucinating and uh, wound up on the floor, like, because I couldn't... Well, no, I actually passed out. This was, like, one of the only times I've passed out. And when I woke up, I couldn't move my whole body. Um, I just felt completely paralyzed, and I was scared to death. Um, and my best friend picked me up and took me to the bathroom. And I just remember, like, I was just hallucinating and seeing things. And um, and then I was just trying really hard to stay awake because I just felt like I was going to black out again. And I just, so I just started praying, cause, and I hadn't prayed in forever. And I was like, Jesus, if you just, um, I think I did, like, as I was praying, I, like, fell asleep because um, I just kind of fell asleep into a vision. Um, and I was just saying, Jesus, please just save me. And I saw, like, I went into this vision of my funeral and all the people that would be there and how it would affect everybody. And that, that really hurt seeing that. And then, um, cause I was, I was 18 and then, um, I, then I saw another vision of what would happen if I lived and, um, and just saw me happy um, happy, like married and, um, just like dreaming big, like, cause I saw a big city, like somewhere that wasn't Charleston. And, um, I was just like, and I just remember in that moment, I was just like, I, I want to live. I want to live like Jesus, please. Like and at the time I was like, I won't drink alcohol. I won't do drugs. I won't do this. You know, thinking I needed, this is what I needed to do in order for him to hear me, like make all these promises. And when I was praying that I just woke up and everything that I had inge- ingested came out <laughs> And my mom came and picked me up and at 4 a.m. And, like, she took care of me, and, and I was okay. Um, and I know that night that Jesus saved my life. Um, and even though after that, like, you know, I, try, I tried a week to keep my promise and live for him and pray every day, like almost going back to the striving that I learned as a child of what religion was. I tried to do that. But then after a week, I was like, I just can't do this. It's too hard. And kind of gave up again, but I never forgot that night. I never forgot, like, because I could, it's like I could feel Jesus in those visions. Um, but the good news is, like, the, so that a year later, it was my first year of college, and I was going through another painful season, um, again, with that same boy that was the pit that caused me to, like, drink that rum and, like, really not love myself. Um, and I met my best friend. Uh, who are a girl who's now my best friend in college. And she heard that I was going through this thing with this guy. And she said, you know, there's a church right down the street. And it has a college-age church. And it's all college people. She's like, you should come with me. I just went there last Tuesday. And there's a lot of cute guys. And if you come with me here, um, she's like, I guarantee you, you'll get you a nice Christian boys. And Christian boys, they won't cheat on you. And they won't do all this stuff to you. And so I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Like, let's get a Christian boyfriend. <laughs> so that's why I went to church. <laughs> uh, so um, I think I was 19 now. I went, uh, so we went to this church called Genesis on Tuesday nights. And I just remember I went in and, you know, it was like, wow, it's all college. It was, it was dark. They had flashy lights. I was like, this is so different than any church I've ever been to. They had coffee. And I was like, so then they started singing worship, and I was just like, every word on the screen, like, because I was seeing people lifting their hands, and just, and I was like, what are they doing? Like, um, and every, th- every word was just hitting me in the heart, like, it just felt like, 
like wounding me in a good way just like really pulling at my heart and I was and I just had to sit stand there like this just using all the energy I had inside me not to cry and uh, that went on for two months and then after those two months I was like I just can't do this anymore like I have to just I have to just go for it I have to give my life to Jesus I know I remember Jesus I know who Jesus is and so I just gave my life to Jesus and um, got a Bible and just began to just do life with him um, but again, that old mentality from when I was little kind of crept back up of, you have to, you have to pray every day. You have to do this, like all the list of what you need to do and, and the list of what you don't do. Okay. I need to stop doing this. I need to stop drinking, stop doing this, stop smoking, stop, um, everything. And so it's like, I went for, from living for the world to living for Jesus. And I still didn't even really know who I was. Um, but I went to living the only way I knew how to live. And that was for someone instead of like living, knowing who I was, I was living for something. And now that for was Jesus. And, um, right after this, I got into a really controlling and abusive relationship with a guy, um, from a different church. And this was my first relationship being Christian. Um, so I was in that mentality few months prior to when um, I first became a Christian to, okay, I got to do this for Jesus. This is what to do and not to do. And then so entering this new relationship, it was like, you know, focusing on rules and, and I kind of like lost myself in it because um, I used to be really free and wild and fun and silly. And I just remember in this season, I went to, I was scared to be any of that because I didn't know if I was allowed to. Um, and I think that kind of, we've been watching Danny Silk's Keep Your Love On, and you know how it talks about um, a really powerful person and a powerless person. I became a very, very strong version of the powerless person. Um, and I think that fed into this guy's powerful person. Because I just know, looking back, I just see in the beginning of the relationship, it just grew, his powerfulness just grew and grew and grew. And my powerlessness fed that. Um, so the, the controllingness and stuff of that relationship just became more and more and more. And, um, yeah, I just know that this powerless identity just became for, came from me not knowing who I was. And um, I had no clear knowledge of what a, a Christian looked like. So it made it really easy for me to ble- believe whatever I was told. And this specific person had so much scripture memory and he could he was able to use scripture to back up anything he said and so i believed almost everything that he said um and first it was little things like you need to be modest and um don't wear this don't go to these places um don't be so crazy like dancing and doing stuff like that um don't drink alcohol and th- this was around the time of my 21st birthday so like i wasn't allowed to drink alcohol for my 21st birthday which is a huge thing in America. <laughs> like you, you just, you know, you get free alcohol on your 21st birthday. <laughs> and um, so I had to give all my free alcohol to my friends. <laughs> um, so the lies I believe from these rules, they just started to grow into, I don't pray right. I can't read my Bible right. Um, I wasn't a good Christian because I can't memorize scripture. Like I would try so hard to memorize scripture. And I would finally get one verse memorized, like the whole verse and the, the book and the numbers. And then I was like, okay, I got this memorized. Time to go to the second one. So I'd memorize another one. By the time I got the second one memorized, I forgot the first one. 
And so it was just like, just a battle for me. And, and it was constantly being told, you need to memorize more scripture. You need to memorize more scripture. And um, I also believe that God doesn't hear me or even like me because I'm a woman. Because um, also in this relationship, a lot of the focus was on the fall and put a lot of the blame on Eve. And it was Eve that tricked Adam. So a lot of that was told to me. Um, and also in the church, this guy grew up in, like, or was in, um, women weren't allowed to speak. And so he, he put a lot of that on me, um, can't speak. Um, and I felt like I didn't even have control over who I was because my identity of who I was, I began to learn was woman, like, and my identity linked to woman became shame. Um, so I had traded in this whole, this blanket I used to wear, like the spirit of the world, like where I use those for comfort. I traded that in for this like really heavy blanket of religion and lies. Um, but God was still there. Like I can even look back and just see other ways that he, like, even though I was like focusing, my focus, my heart was for God, but my focus was on religion. And um, no matter what blanket, we have between us and him, whether it be sin or religion or idols, um, like he never leaves us. And he was, I just see him always there outside of that blanket. Um, like he's never too far away from us. It's us that puts this thing, even when we don't know we're doing it, it's us that puts this thing between us and him. Um, and he's the one that brings revelation in his perfect timing. Like, I don't think God's so, so focused on like, you have to know me and you have to know me now. Like God knows when we're going to know him and God knows like when that's, he's going to bring that revelation to us. Um, one of the verses I really love uh, spoke to me about this is Isaiah forty-two sixteen, And it says, I will lead the blind in a way they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them and I will turn the darkness before them into light and the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do. I do not forsake them. Um, this relationship I was in was interweaved with so many lies and secrets and manipulation. And just from that, like looking back, I really can't say I, I really loved the guy. It was really a lot of fear and a lot of like me feeling like I needed a boyfriend and, um, that came from the past. And, but just interweaved in that, that relationship lasted three months. And after those three months, we got engaged and after those uh, when we got engaged, six months later, we were married. Um, and by that time, I just didn't know who I was anymore. I had just was, like, completely broken down on the inside. And I was battling with, the, like, the worst thoughts in my head. Like, even thinking back now, and I just remember even being in that moment saying, how, how am I thinking this? Who, this? Is this who I am? Like, where is this coming from? I was hurting myself almost daily within this marriage. And I was having really suicidal thoughts. Um... And I remember, like, I remember, like, at one point I just ran away. And I remember waking up one morning just laying there and thinking, how have I become this person? Like, how, I just felt like I was at rock bottom. And there was no way out of the situation. I tried everything I could just to get out of the situation. And I just couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't get rid of it. This guy, no matter where I went, he found me. No matter, I just felt like I just wanted to literally just run away and go somewhere where no one knew me. And... Um, that was the day I started to pray again. Um, and just because like the past six months I just hadn't prayed because I didn't believe I didn't know how, like, or that God didn't hear me because I was a woman. 
And so I just started to pray, and the only thing that God said was just trust me. And and he, so I just could feel him just saying, trust me, trust me. And just looking back, it's a really long story, but, like, I just began to trust him, and, like, um, and it felt like trusting him meant I was going to have to make this loveless marriage work. And because that's what God wanted me to do. And, but the story, it's a long story, but he just, every day was a step. And he brought me out of that ma- that marriage in just such a, a beautiful way for both me and the guy. Like, um, yeah, and it was, I know, I know it's, it's probably like, I don't know how this goes against your, or to your theology, but it was a blessing. Um, and yeah, Jesus just gently led me out of that blanket of religion. And that's like really where I found freedom was just through that season. Um, cause it was like a year long season, um, of going through that. And that's where I just found, started finding my relationship with God again. Um, but it was a season where I had only God to rely on because I had, um, people posting stuff on Facebook about me. I had the church coming up against me and I had like, like nobody in that whole, it was a mega church, like thousands and thousands of people in this church that he went to. And nobody really knew my name until this season. And then everyone knew who I was. And I, it was for all the wrong reasons. And none of them had, chose to talk to me about it. They all just were hearing stuff. And so I just would see stuff on Facebook. And and it was just really hard. But I just knew, like, I had Jesus and I had God. and um, And it was a storm, but, like, he was the only thing I had to rely on in that. Um, yeah, he led me right where I needed to be. And like that passage said, he made that darkness into light. Um, and looking back, it was one of the most blessed times in my life, like spending that season with him. Um, but these blankets we wear of sin and religion are just counterfeits because the truth is that we are made to be wrapped in something. And that is the relationship with God. And that is the Trinity of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and not anything else. I think when we're wrapped in that, that's when we really start to bloom like a plant, you know, like just knowing who we are and it just starts to grow from the inside out. And I've learned like it's not about living for something, not even when that thing that we're living for is Jesus. It's about living with God and living in that Trinity and the relationship with our creator. Um, Because that's what we are created to do. (laughs) Um, He didn't create us so he could just leave us. He created us to do life with us. Um, and that's where we discover who we are and who he made us to be because it's been inside of us from the beginning. One of the first visions that God gave me, um, I saw him as a father and he was a long way off. And um, I saw him and I just wanted to run to him. So I began running to him. And as I ran, I started growing younger and younger and younger. And by the time I got to him, I was a little child and he just scooped me up and picked me up and hugged me um, and I didn't understand this vision because um, visions were really new to me. And I had just started going to this new church and um, where they prophesied and stuff. And I was like, and I had a husband and wife pastor, which I was like, oh, that's like a no-no. But it really, it brought so much healing. And, um, but yeah, that vision I had, I was just like, I don't know what this vision means. But, but this is what has been happening to me for, that was like six years ago. And that's what's been happening to me for the past six years. I just feel like I've been growing younger and younger. Um... And I've just been, like, and that's come from this journey of living with God and not, like, living for him. Um, Just discovering who he made me to be. And every year since that vision, I just feel more and more like a child. 
Uh, not from trying to be like a child, but just by simply doing life with my father and having a father as a part of my life. Um, and children, they see the world through wonder and adventure, and they're not afraid to dream. Um, they're not afraid of disappointments, just because even in the disappointments, we know like we are still with our father, and the father has the best for us. Um, and he's the creator of the whole world and just loves doing life with us. Um, so just some stories in the past few few years. Um, I just remember when I first, like before any of that stuff happened to me, when I first walked into that college ministry at 18 years old, during worship, every time I closed my eyes, I saw me standing on these mountains. And the mountains were very different than any mountains I was used to seeing because um, I knew that they weren't anywhere around me. Um, and I didn't know this then, but it was like the Himalayan mountains. And I was just, I kept seeing that picture of me standing there, like when I would worship. And I just thought it was something I was making up in my head. Um, and a few years later, like I went on a mission trip to India and we were hiking um, in the Himalayans. And I was, I had gone ahead of the group. I don't know why, but um, I had gone ahead of the group and then I got to this like little overpass and just stopped drink some water and I turned around and just saw the view and it was the exact view that I'd always seen when I was just sitting there in worship um and yeah it was just like it was such a blessing to me because I just knew like even in that moment and that was that honestly that trip was a really big struggle for me it was my first trip to India and it was my first time ever out of America and I was really struggling and I just when I saw that I just knew God I was right where I needed to be um and that God had a plan for me there. And I think that's when everything kind of started shifting. Also, when I saw that view was the love I had for that country started to grow. Um, and for anyone that knows me now, they know my obsession with India and how much I love that country. Uh, also, I've had, when I did the iDestiny school, like I lost my keys to the Gatley house. And I, I know where I lost them too because I put them, my bag didn't shut all the way. And I was cycling from Aldi home. And so I put the keys on the top thinking that, oh, they're not going to fall out. Well, they did. And um, I got home, and I emptied my bag out, and the keys were just completely gone. They weren't in the bag anymore. And so I lived for a week without the keys, and I was just like, this is so frustrating. Like, this is my house, and I can't get in. Like, I have to wait for somebody else to let me in. And I was like, and I was talking to Caddy one morning about it, and I was putting my shoes on. And she's like, well, just say, Jesus, I want my keys back. And then I was like, oh, yeah, like that knife story from Bethel where the guy lost his knife. I was like, I want my knife back. And it just appeared. And so I was like, I was like, and then she told me about June's suitcase because um, I think y'all heard this week about June's suitcase reappearing. And so I was like, in my heart, it wasn't in the right place, but I kind of rolled my eyes and said, yeah, Jesus, I want my keys back. And like, didn't, no faith. <laughs> And I stood up, and on my counter, where I had just had breakfast and cleared the counter and everything, wiped it down, my keys are just sitting there. And Caddy was like, Kelly, I need your keys. And I, was, and I just, I couldn't even answer because I just started laughing. Like, I could not stop laughing, and I had to, like, sit on the ground because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> um, and also, like, um, a lot of the iDestiny school, it would start to rain, and we would just change the weather. We would just tell it stopped raining, and it would stop raining. We went hiking twice, and... On the way there, it was pouring down rain. And I was like, it's not going to rain. It's not going to be raining when we get there. And by the time we got to where we were going, it had stopped raining. And the sun came out. 
And even at home, like, um, I've taken my little brother to the beach, and it would be pouring down rain. He's like, we can't go to the beach. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be raining when we get there. And we get there, and it wasn't raining. Um, Also, I find flowers all the time. I'll be going for a run and find a rose. And I just know it's like these little things from God. Or at one time, I was passing, walking home from, uh, last year, walking home from uh, the Life Center. And I just passed, and there's like a bouquet of roses, just or a bouquet of flowers just sitting on a bench. And like freshly, fresh flowers. And I was like, oh, yay. Um, I've had money appear in my wallet um, and my journal, like when I needed money. Um, and granted, it was only five pounds or $15. I think $15 is the most I've had appear. <laughs> but it's like, it was what I needed in the time. And I'm just so thankful for that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and one of the really, one with my dreams, I've had a lot of really cool stuff happen with my dreams. Um, for you, you guys who know me, I have very vivid dreams, and um, God speaks to me a lot through my dreams. But one, my, one of my favorites is there's a guy named Doug Addison, and I didn't know who Doug Addison was, but I just had this dream one night that I was at this conference, and Doug Addison was the speaker, and there was all these people there prophesying over people, and I listened to the whole conference that he spoke on. And was, like, taking notes in the dream and stuff. And I just felt I was supposed to meet this guy. And so I woke up, and I was like, oh, I wonder if Doug Addison's a real person. And so I Googled the name. And that weekend, I was supposed to go to Orlando, Florida, for my one of my really good friends, her wedding. And I found out that Doug Addison was a real person, and he speaks on the prophetic. And he was doing a conference that weekend in Orlando. So I drove down. When I went to the wedding, I told my uh, friend, I was like, I'm going to go to this conference as well, but it's not going to interflict with anything. And I went to the conference, and it was, I don't really know what God had for me there, but it was it was a blessing, and almost everything he spoke on I had in my dream. Um, and, and I met him, like, briefly. I bought a book, and that was also the weekend money appeared in my wallet, too. Um, but it was just a really good conference, and it was like one of my, and now, like, God will be speaking to me so much through so many things now. And um, I follow Doug Addison on Facebook now. And so much of the stuff he posts is like right on of what God said to me that morning or something. Um, I've also been to an event in India in a dream. And um, that was like, so there's this organization called Burn 24-7. And my friend Pratap leads it up. And um, I had, I really, it was like a year since I had been to India, and I was, it had just been on my heart, and I went to sleep, and I was like, I just want to go to India, and was thinking about it that night, and that night I had a dream, and in the dream I was in this room, and there was Indians like sitting on the floor worshiping, and I looked to my right, and Pratap was there playing the guitar, and I could just feel the presence of God, and he was singing, um, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I remember in the dream specifically thinking, why is he singing this? Because it's in English. Why isn't he singing a Hindi song? And I looked in the crowd to see if I knew any of the Indians. Because it was only like 20 girls, some guys. and But I didn't know any of them. And I was like looking for a familiar face. But the only person I knew in there was Pratap. And um, the next morning I woke up and I journaled about the dream. Because I was like, it was so vivid. I just felt like I was there. And then three days later... Um, Pratap posted a video on Facebook, and he was like, oh, this is from the burn session we did in, Hub- in Hubli, which is a place in India I've never been. And so I clicked play on the video, and it's like the exact room 
with the exact number of people, and he's sitting there playing guitar. And then, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this looks just like my dream. And then he starts singing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I was like, ah, like, you know, goosebumps, shivers, tears, like everything just started coming out. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, this is just doing life. Like none of that came from striving. None of that came from, I'm going to try to teleport to India. None of that came from, I'm going to try to see an angel. Like it's just happens. Um, <laughs> it's just living in that place of rest and doing life with God. Uh, and God just loves to surprise us because we're his children. Children love surprises. Like, I loved the surprise today of Marika walking in the door and then Tim walking in. I was like, ah, like, this is the best. Um, and just as a child, I've learned that life is so exciting. And it may not always be fun, but it's never meant to be hard. Like, even in the times that aren't fun, it shouldn't be hard. Um, and that's something that I remind myself all the time. Um, Matthew 8.14 says, um, unless we become like little children, we will not see the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know if you've ever watched children play, but it's just so fascinating to sit there and watch them play because you can almost watch them and just see this whole, like, this thing that they're just, atmosphere they're creating around them. And I I love watching children play because it reminds me of how I used to play as a child. And I think that's, like, really where the key to seeing more of the kingdom is, is just being childlike. And we do create that atmosphere around us. Um, it's a lot more powerful than we realize. Um, some key points that God speaks to me through watching children is children live from faith and they have faith in their parents. Like even children that don't have the best parents, they have faith in their parents. And we have the best God, so the, the best father. So how much faith should we have in that? Um, children are pure, not just be, not because they strive to be pure, but that's just who they are. Um, and when we live like a child, purity just becomes something that naturally flows into everything that we do. Um, children also live through trust. Um, I was walking home from school one day and saw this little boy. This was on that road, Raglan Road right there. And there's like this one house that has like a brick wall that goes... Um, from the sidewalk and then a brick wall and then there's their their land and the little boy was standing on the brick wall and the father was on the sidewalk going like this and the boy would jump into his arms and then laugh and the father would put him back on there and then go like this and they just kept doing it over and over again and god was just speaking to me like about trusting and just jumping and because he's always going to catch us and i think even when we jump and it wasn't the right timing to jump um God's not going to let us fall flat on the ground and hurt ourselves beyond repair. He's going to catch us, and he's going to put us right back in where we need to be when it is the time to jump. Um, Children also learn by observing. Um, So children, they observe how their parents love and treat each other. And I know this just from psychology, like a lot of psychologists on children from really abused parents. They'll put a child in a room and give them some toys to play with, and then they watch how that child treats the toys, and it tells them a lot about how they're raised and stuff. Um, and I just think if, if, our par- if, our God, if our father is God, and we learn by observing him and his nature, that's what's going to flow out of us, and that's how we're going to treat others. We're going to treat others with that love that God is just pouring into us. Um, children also learn by playing. Um, yeah, and I used to live with a family that had a one-year-old son, and the they were redoing the basement, and so the father would get all his tools, 
and then he would get all these plastic tools for the little baby. The baby would go down there with them and just sit on the floor, and he'd give him his little plastic tools, and then the father would go and, and do the real work while the, the child was just down there playing with the tools. Like, he was just playing, and he was just having fun, but he was doing what he saw his father do. And But the father also gave him, like, an area of safety. Like, he couldn't give that kid a real hammer. He would hurt himself. And so, I don't know, that just spoke to me so much about who our father is. Like, like we do what we see the father do, but at the same time, it is the father that does all the work for us. Like, it was him who was building the house around this little boy, for this little boy. And the little boy was just having fun partnering with his dad. And the dad was just feeling loved by being able to partner with the little boy. Um, And children also, they learn by receiving. Um, Just like a child goes to their parents to curl up and to fall asleep with them, just receiving love. Um, There's just something so powerful in just being still to receive, being still to be loved on by the Father. Um, And we are God's children, and just when we live as his children, we see through his eyes. It's like you can see a, a child and be like, oh, you have your, your mom's eyes. You have your father's eyes. Like we each one of us have the eyes of God and we each have like can see life the way he does. Um, when we see through these eyes, we're actually looking through the eyes of the kingdom. And we look through eyes of children. Um, and then that's when we're able to see our father just in everything we do. Um if we live life trying to be a mature adult, we stop looking to our parents for guidance, wisdom, and provision because adults don't really rely on their parents. They're friends with their parents, but they don't rely on them for stuff like, um, like you know, in the world's point of view, like if you're an adult, you work for yourself. You make money for yourself. Everything you do, it's your choice. It's your house. Um, and I don't want to be like that with God. Like I don't want God to just be my friend. I want God to be my friend, my father, my provider. Um, we are created to rely on God. Um, you can even see that in nature with birds and stuff. Like, they don't strive. It's just they rely on God for everything, and they just know when the season to nest is. They know when the season to move is. They know how to bring up their babies, and they just, they're just connected with God as well. Like, that's something I fully believe. Animals are just as connected with God. Um, I've been, I was reading Danny Silk's book that really blessed me called Loving Your Kids on Purpose. Timo gave me this book uh, it was like a year and a half ago for leadership. And it's just, it's blessed me so much, but not just for leadership, just about speaking to me how God created me to live. Um, and the greatest gift I think he's given us is freedom. And freedom is such a big gift, but it needs to be stewarded well, like with the Holy Spirit. Um, and just steward, stewarding freedom well and enjoying each thing in his timing. Uh, we have unlimited access in all, all that he calls us to do, um, which is why we can just rest his children on his lap and just enjoy to be loved and to do these things with him. Um, the best thing is, like, as his children, we each have our own relationship with the Father, and it doesn't have to look like um, anyone else's. Like, my relationship is not going to look like your relationship or yours. Like, your relationship isn't going to look like mine. Um, for example, like, some of the things I love doing with God is I love watching Disney movies with him. <laughs> like, God speaks to me so much through Disney movies um, that it's almost like if I watch a Disney movie, it's just as powerful to me sometimes as reading the Bible. And because I can just, I, I don't know, like, um, a couple years ago, I was, I was in a movie. It was the new Wizard of Oz movie. I don't know when that came out, but 
it was at a time that I was always hearing God through Disney movies. And I didn't know this was a Disney movie. And not that it has to be Disney, because now I hear him in almost everything I watch. But um, <laughs> at this time, I thought it was only Disney movies. And I just remember I started watching this Wizard of Oz movie in the theaters. And I just started hearing God, like, in the middle of the theater. And I think I was, like, manifesting as well a little bit. Like, I could just get in these chills and stuff of what he was saying to me. And I was like, I turned to my friend and I was like, is this a Disney movie? And I was like, just because I, I, you know, I thought it was, like, only Disney movies. But um, <laughs> I was like, because I could just feel God in this movie theater. Um, and, you know, just speaking to me about what I'm going through and who, and who we are, our identity and stuff. Uh, the Lion King is a great one for that. So I highly recommend sitting down, watching The Lion King, and say, okay, God, I'm going to watch this with you. What do you want to say to me through this movie? Uh, I love going running with him. Like, I'll be running with him, and um, I like r- running with music as well. And so he'll speak, to, he'll speak to me through the music. He'll speak to me through things I see on my run, on walks, um, even rap music. Like, he'll speak to me through. It's just there's no, like, walls or limitations of what he can speak to us through. Um, I love journaling with him. It's one of my favorite ways to hear from him. Uh, I love going hiking with him and just seeing him in just everything. Um, by doing life with him and involving him in just every area of our life, that's where we're going to see more of him and more of his kingdom on earth. And that's not just in our day-to-day life. It's in our work. It's in our relationships, our finances, uh, movies, food, fitness, shopping. Um, he wants to be a part of everything. And it doesn't come from a place like I've heard somebody say, well, sometimes I ask God what kind of cereal to buy. I was like, I don't ask God that kind of stuff. I just know he's there with me. And I, you know, you just, everything you do, you do with him. You don't have to strive to complete, to always ask and feel like I need to, okay, now I need to stop and focus. It's like, no, he's there. You're his child. It's just like walking with him through the store. Um, Life with the father is wild and crazy. And he just calls us to do impossible things. And I just want, that's the one thing I just really want to encourage y'all, especially for this year, is do the impossible things that he's calling you to do. Um, Because, and this is a quote from Audrey Hepburn, but it's one of my favorites, and it just speaks to me so much about God. Um, The very word impossible says, I'm possible. And so when God calls you to do an impossible thing, look at that and don't read impossible, read I'm possible. That's possible because my father is God. Um, If he said it, it's possible. And that's the freedom that we have. Um, That's the freedom that he wants us all to discover with him. So that's my story. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the I Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk